Aren't you glad this evening? You know, we sing the last part of that little song, Soon the Lamb will take his bride. To be ever at his side, all the hosts of heaven will assemble be. But do we realize tonight that when the eagle screamed, he was gathering that little bride? He was, listen, church, we are already lifted up into heavenly places. We maybe have not completely lost gravity with this world, but already our spirits have soared. Already we're, we're heading for the skies, and I think tonight what a glorious opportunity if the Lamb is going to take His bride to be ever at His side. That means there won't be no more interruptions. Aren't you happy for the Lord? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I better let you take your seats. And, and uh, You know, there's a little song I would like to sing, though. I don't even hardly know it, but every time I hear it, it, it gets to thrilling my heart and... and uh, uh, do you know that song here? There's a New Testament church rising up. You do. Somebody's going to probably have to help me out with it. I don't know. I've only heard it a few times. And first time I heard it, I was up at Brother Darren Boyer's camp. And uh, I just about came out of my seat. Because that's the reality. There's a New Testament church that's rising up. She's, she's not being pushed down. Listen, I know we come out, you know, you guys got all these funny laws here. And by the way, Brother Ed needs a little correction right now. And so it's best if I just do it right now. Brother Ed, you suggested that I was from Saskatchewan. And that is really not correct. I come from glory and I go back to glory. But I do reside in Saskatchewan while I'm here. So just so that you understand, Brother Ed, and if you want to be from Edmonton, I'm... I'm It's wonderful to be here tonight. I, I, I really, Brother Ed, I actually thought he was calling me. I probably wouldn't even have picked up my phone. I thought he was calling me about some marriage papers that he signed. I performed a little marriage this weekend, and, and um, he was gracious enough to put his signature on him. I guess he trusted me, and that, I appreciate that. And So I thought he was calling me about that. I was on my way to Calgary. And uh, I guess the Lord had other plans, so... There's a New Testament church rising up. Somebody's going to have to help me get it started. Hey? Yeah, that's the one. Somebody come help me. Somebody help me start it. Ray, you know it? <laughs> Johnny. Brother, probably me. Brother John, I'm sorry. You, you, you don't know that song? You don't know the song here? Ray's just showing his age. All right. <clears throat> I'll try it. <laughs> As I looked out across the land, I see God's mighty hand As a bride of Christ adorned in a wedding gown It's like the days of old, they stood in courage bold They turned that old world all upside down We're rising up, rising up We're a new Church rising up, oh, rising up, oh, rising up. We're a New 
Testament church rising up. Now the Bible plainly tells how the Holy Ghost fell. Signs and wonders were done by the apostles' hands. Even spirits were cast down. In the jails they sang and shout while surrounded by God's holy angel band. Oh, rising up, oh, rising up. We're a new testament church rising up. Well, if you think it's all long gone, all the miracles are done, I have some good news to bring to you. Amen. In these last days, he'll pour of his spirit more and more, like a mighty eagle's strength, he'll renew. Church rising up, oh, rising up, we're rising up. We are a new testament church rising up, oh, we're rising up, we're rising up. We are a new testament church rising up and rising up. scratching on the ground like chickens. We're no longer feasting on the things of the world, but we found a new, a, a new height to fly to. We've caught an air current that only one bird could catch. That's an eagle. You know, somebody told me this little story about a crow. They said, you know, that we talk about the crows and the eagles. They said, you know, a crow is not, uh, an eagle is not afraid of a crow. The crow can get right on the eagle's back and go to pecking on him and pecking on him and peck. The eagle doesn't even flinch, doesn't move, doesn't do nothing. But when he gets tired of that old worldly thing picking at him, he begins to spread his wings and he begins just a couple flops and he catches the currents and he just begins to rise. And as he gets higher and higher, guess what? That old crow can't, he can't breathe up there. He can't, he's not built to breathe up there. But there is an eagle. There is a group of people that, that ordained to fly in those kind of heights. So listen, church, if you're bound down tonight, if, if somehow you have let that old devil crow get on your back and, and he's pecked at you long enough, rise up. Get your eagle's wings spread and get up in the, in the graces and the spirit of God and fly to a new height where it won't bother you. It'll fall away. It'll fall away. This is our promise. We're rising up, we're rising up, we're a new testament church rising up, we're rising up, we're rising up, we're a new testament church rising up. Hallelujah. Do you believe that tonight? Are you part of that church? Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, it is good to be here in your presence again this evening. 
Lord, unscripted, unscheduled, Lord, undressed. Oh, God, here we are, Lord, unprepared. But we're so thankful, Father, you've given us a, 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 the Spirit of God that can lift us above all of our inadequacies, Lord, and all of our, our humanity and all of our failures, oh God. Lord, that you can come and you can take control of this service. Lord, that you can feed your children what they have need of tonight. Lord, I lay, my, lay myself on your altar one more time. Oh God, use me for your glory. Father, I pray that you would direct our thoughts and direct our paths tonight, Lord. Lord, that these people could go away flying on a higher plane than what they've come in. Father, may thy will be done and may thy kingdom come, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. God bless you. You can take your seats and, and thank you to the musicians again. Thank you, Brother John, for helping with that song. I've had that song in my notebook for uh, months probably now. And I always wanted to sing it, and never quite the opportunity never quite worked out. And somehow I just felt that tonight was that night. And so I love it. I love spirit-filled songs. I love spirit-filled singing. And, and, and you know, it, it begins to express what's inside of us. It begins to express, and I, I think if we could just get caught in the spirit, we'd do a lot of expressing about what's inside of us. Anyhow, I, I got talking about, you know, we look at an eagle that only flies so high. You forgive me. I'm, I said, I come, Brother Al, thank you for the tie wherever you're at tonight. You know, I, I was at the wedding, and, and I asked him, well, what kind of suit, you know, what, how's the wedding? Am I supposed to be wearing a suit? What am I? And they said, no, 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 this is like a country wedding. Brother Ron, you'd appreciate this. I even got to wear my bandana. And... Uh, and uh, so I, I thought, well, okay, so, I, you know, how do you, no, come dress down. It's just a country wedding. I mean, they had the bales out and everything, you know, just sitting on the side of the hill. And, and so I, I said, okay, so I, I already had my suit packed. I was actually leaving my house, and I had to turn around and go back and grab a pair of, well, the best jeans I could find anyhow, and, and, uh, and this little old jacket. And then I was driving away, and I thought, huh, I wonder if I'm supposed to be wearing a tie. And good thing for a good wife, she said, don't worry. But now if you do have a problem with the way I'm dressed tonight, remember you have Mr. Tip Top Taylor over here, and he told me I was fine. So, I, John, I don't know about your dress code, but I'm somehow fitting in it tonight. And, and so um, anyhow, I, I, I truly wasn't, didn't come prepared to preach. I, I really didn't. I've been, oh, so shame on me, but I've, I've been fooling around all weekend, you know, just enjoying fellowship and and Brother Danny, you know, he, he put the meat on the table over there. And, and I like eagles. We ate until we couldn't eat no more. And, and, I, and shame on me. I really did. I, I had to correct myself. My wife said, again? I'm like, oh, it's so good. I think, you know what, if we get an appetite like that for the, for the things of God, I'll tell you what, we would fly like heights that we have never seen before. You, would, you wouldn't go home tired. You'd go home rejoicing. You'd go home uh, uh, living on a higher plane. And, and you know, I, uh, we were just had the privilege, and just excuse me if I ramble a little bit here, but I'll try and get into things as soon as I can. And, but I had the, uh, the privilege of being uh, just thinking on eagles, and I had my little nephews out, and I'd taken them fishing here a week or so ago, and you know, they were, uh, we were sitting on the boat and, and the river, you know, when you get way up north like that, it's just kind of God's country. There's just nobody around. And, and we we're sitting on the boat and, and, and there was two great big bald eagles sitting up in a tree, not more than a, 
I would say, 150 feet from us. Big, bald eagles. And it was, we had the anchor down, and we're sitting there, you know, just jigging for, for pickerel. And, and I was watching these birds, and you know how they are. They're, they're so majestic. I, I think there's, there's something in a believer that just, when he sees an eagle, he somehow relates. And it's because we're anointed with an eagle anointing that, you know, I think, well, the, the country of America has got the eagle as part of their logo and part of their emblem. And the people of America say, all the great eagle, but they have no idea they don't understand it like we understand. They don't, it does, they don't relate like we relate. And, and I was watching those big eagles, and, and all of a sudden, one of them just kind of set its wings, and, whoosh, and, she, and she was gone. But the other, he just sat there, and he watched us. And I, I think the Lord just maybe did it just for me. Now, Brother Ed gave me directions tonight. He said, that red line, you're supposed to stay on the other side of it. You know, I hate this devil. I'll tell you one thing. This is not the bloodline. I don't care how red it is. This is a cheap copy, and it's a cheap imitation, and it don't cover nothing. I know I'm kept by the blood, but just watch this, Brother Ed. I'm not kept by that bloodline. Now, I'll, I'll try and be respectful of the laws of the land, and I, I really have a hard, hard time with this right now. So, uh, uh, but I was watching this big eagle, and, and I just I whispered over to Miles. I said, hey, Miles. He just caught himself a little, a little bitty pickerel. I said, throw that, throw that to that bird. And so, you know, he took care of it and made sure it wasn't, uh, it was dead. Okay. I don't know what these things are probably not nice to say behind a pulpit, but we're standing there and he just took it and he just tossed it. And I, I, church, this is, I guess, maybe just for Brother Dwayne. But I'd been sitting and I had, been, I had my eyes on that bird. And that bird came out of that, he threw it and it never hardly hit the water. And that big bird just jumped and he made a lunge out of that nest now listen, the river is flowing. We're sitting anchored and the river is flowing. He threw it behind the boat and it honestly never came from here to the end, from here to the end of the pews on that where it divides your 30, not 30 feet. That fish had come down. That big old eagle, he come on, this is, it just, there's something about it that caught me because we were so close and I was so intent on his flight that big old eagle, those eyes, and, and you know Brother Brown talks about an eagle's eye and how they can see from so far up and why God likens his prophets to eagles and why he likens his children to eagles. And, and I was so caught in the moment and, and as I was watching that big, I'll tell you what, those eagle eyes, those big golden yellow eyes, he just began, he just stared. He, he, they were so piercing. He literally, Brother Ray, he looked us straight in the face. He never took his eyes off of us. Just set his wings and he just kept watching. And all the while that fish was floating. And in a minute, just in an instant, I knew that he was watching everything. He wasn't just watching me or the other two boys. He was watching everything. I don't know what it is about those birds, but he was absolutely, he was missing nothing. And this just, this just took like a, a moment, just a couple seconds. And he came right down and he looked straight at us with those just, they look like they would look right through you. And when he took it all in and he got about, I'd say, 25, 30 feet from us, all of a sudden he just looked and took that fish and away he went. I wanted to scream. I wanted to shout. I wanted to rejoice. I realized that, Father, there is not nothing that is going on in our lives but that he hasn't already, he's, he's watching He's catching it all. It's nothing that's out of control. You know, Brother Branham talks, he talks about the eagle and, and, and he begins to, 
he tells us about, you know, about that great mother eagle and how she, she, she's got her children way up on a nest somewhere. Listen, I hope you don't just listen naturally tonight, but she, she's got her children way up in a nest somewhere and they're sitting up there away from the beggarly things of the earth, of the things that would hurt them and, and tear them apart. She's got them, she's got them way up in a nest in the heavens and there she's got them protected because they're babies. But it wasn't a baby eagle that came out of that tree. It was a full-grown, I don't know if it was a mama or a papa eagle, whatever it was. It was full-grown, and it had its own intention, and it was looking for its own food. It wasn't waiting for mama to come and bring food back to the nest again. You know, that's the problem with a whole lot of us message believers. That's a whole, uh, like a whole lot of us. We just simply want, we just simply want Papa God to, to tell the preacher what he should preach and then he can come and bring us the food for Sunday and he can come and bring us food for Wednesday. Instead of going to the nest, going and hunting up your own food. Go and search it out for yourself. Go and find out if what he said is really real or, or if you actually really thoroughly believe what he actually said. You know, we're, 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 we get so hunkered down and we think, well, we're just God's children and he's got us up in this big nest. Listen, there's a reason we're up in the nest. We're babies. But God is not taking babies home with him. He's taking mature sons of God home with him. I'll tell you what, there comes a time where you're going to leave the nest. Brother Brown said, he said, that mama eagle, when it comes time, now listen close, he said, that mama eagle, when it comes time for her, when she realizes that those children are getting big enough to fly on their own, to fly on their own, you realize what he said? He said she takes them, she gets them all stuck in her wings, and she begins to beat those big old wings, and she soars to the heavens. I bet you those birds think that they're just going on a nice flight. They're just going on a sightseeing tour. They're just going to see what mama gets to see. Just like we want to be. We come into church Sunday morning. We, oh God, pour out your spirit upon us. Raise us up in your, in your presence and in your glory. And we want those kind of moments just like those baby birds do. But there comes a time, Brother Adam said, that she takes those eagles and she just gives her wings a big old, turns over on her back and she just lets them fall. You know, she's not one bit concerned about those birds. I want us to listen tonight. Because Papa Eagle might just have dumped you from his wings. He's not concerned where you're, how, how long you're falling. He's not concerned that you're going to crash. He's not concerned that you're going to hurt yourself. He's not concerned that the atmosphere is somehow going to, your wings are going to fall off. You were born to be an eagle. Those little birds got what's in them to be eagles. They're, they're born to fly. They're, they're born to, to they, they've got to come to themselves. They've got to come to the reality that, that when they stretch their wings, that they can catch the current, that they can catch the Spirit of God. They can rise into the heavenlies. They're not waiting for mama. Pa. Listen, mama doesn't want them relying on her all her life. Listen, the church, we don't, the, the, your pastors don't want you relying on them every Sunday, every Wednesday. Uh, they don't want you calling them with every little, every little issue, every little trouble. You got food. You got all sorts of meat to eat. You got, a, you, you got a, all sorts of, of questions that could be answered. Go home and search it out. God's looking for mature Christians. He, he don't want a baby. He don't, he, he don't want somebody that's just flopping his wings and, 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 oh, look at me, look at me. No, no, he wants you to set your wings. 
And when the storms of life rise, you got confidence in those God-given wings. you got confidence that the Spirit of God is leading you, that He's guiding you, that you know that the... You know what? A bird, an eagle is not concerned about the storms when they come. It has the abilities, its eyesight has the ability to pierce the storm. Its being has the ability to fly above the storm if it needs it. There's no other bird that has this ability. Listen, church, we are called as eagles to rise above the storms of life. We are called as eagles to rise above your circumstance. Whatever's dragging you down, rise up above it tonight. Hallelujah. We're birds. We're birds of, we're birds of the heaven. We're not earthbound. We're heavenbound birds. Hallelujah. Brother Brown says this. Listen, now the little eagles are not wearied. Because they're all together aware. Listen, if you're weary about something tonight, listen close. It's the Spirit of God speaking. The eagles are not weary because they're all together aware. Aware of what? She just flies down and swoops right under him. Picks him back up and brings him back into grace again. You might have fallen a thousand times. Don't be wearied. Don't let that little crow sit on the back of your, of your neck and tell you, guess what? You did that for the last time. God don't love you anymore. Listen, God's not going to hear you. You've made such a mess out of your life. There's no way to be redeemed. Don't you let that bird tell you that. Don't you let that bird tell you that. He says, she'll get right under him, pick him right back up, and bring him into grace again. That's our great mother, the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. Listen, church. Don't be afraid of fanaticism or wildfire. Our mother is watching over us. He wants us to be free in the spirit. He wants us to enjoy his presence. He wants us to enjoy his fellowship. Hallelujah. Oh, he says, oh, those little eagles are so carefree because they're not resting in their own ability. Isn't that a good thing for us to to get a a revelation of this evening? If you're you're relying on your own ability, you're going to fall. If you're relying on your own strength... It's never going to be enough. Listen, we got a storm that's blowing right now that is it's sweeping the world. It's consuming the world. This is not where they talk about all these hurricanes and things coming in off the coast. And, and, and I forget what they rate them because I don't listen to the news very much. But it's like she's like, what do they call it? Huh? Categories, category, category five, category six. Listen, it could be category 10 or category 100. It's never going to bother this bird. She's going to rise up above it. He said, oh, these little eagles are so carefree because they're not resting on their own ability. They're resting in the ever-presence and the ability of their mother who's watching over them. Oh, my, as long as he is watching, as long as it's his word, as long as he's packed you out here, what are you scared about? What are you scared about? They're having an old-fashioned Pentecostal jubilee up there just a-flopping and trying to act like mother, and she's watching over them because they're hers. Amen. Hallelujah. We get all worried and we, get, we see these times that are coming on the earth and they're beginning to shake and this, the world is beginning to vibrate and the winds are beginning to blow. And, and some, of us, some of us have taken on the spirit of the world, which is a spirit of fear. But we're not called to the spirit of fear. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of, of love and power and of a sound mind. You wonder why we think this stuff is crazy? Because it is. You wonder why we think it's insane? It is. 
That might not be your thought, but that you can go right back to the Word and you'll find out that the Spirit of God can look at it and call it for what, if we ever need discernment, now is the time. To, to discern between right and wrong. Anyhow, I get all off on the wrong subject here. I, I, that's not the real direction I was heading. So, so I, I want to, if we can, I want to turn over to Genesis chapter 15 and, and, uh, and I want to begin to, there's a little scripture that caught my attention in the word and, and I'd like to just um, speak on that in a moment here. But you know, that we, we look to these different birds that we hear about, we read about in the scripture and you hear about a raven, it doesn't catch your attention. You hear about a crow, it means nothing to you. You, you hear about a bluebird and a blackbird and all these things, are they're, they're nice birds, whatever, but they mean nothing. But when you hear about an eagle, or you hear about a dove, immediately your ears are perked. Because it's significant to our lives. And we realize that, you know, when, when Noah himself, when he was on the ark, he sent out a, he sent out a raven after the floods of society, he sent out a raven, and the raven never returned. He sent out a dove, and she came back. Remember the first time he sent out a dove? She came back, and the Bible said, because she found no place to put her feet. She found no resting place on the earth, and neither do you and I. We have no resting place here. It's too dirty. It's too filthy. It's too vile. Because a dove has a special type of appetite. She's, she has no gall. She's, she's a specially built bird. and You know what? She's the kind of bird that purges from the inside out. I hope you let the Spirit of God do that to you tonight. Hallelujah. Abraham, uh, Genesis chapter 1. And I want to just start reading about verse 9. And Sorry, Genesis 15. Thank you. I love body ministry. It says, take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he, and he took unto him all these, divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another. I want you to notice the, next, the, the last part of this verse. But the birds divided he not. Why? This is a covenant that God is making with Abraham. God is the one making the covenant. But the birds he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. God bless you. You can have your seat. You know, when we look at the scriptures, we can, we, we can get uh, such a beautiful picture and such a beautiful type. We realize tonight that those doves that Abraham was talking about, that, Abraham, that God placed in, in the covenant with Abraham, they had a representation for us. That, that they had, the covenant that God was making with Abraham, those doves not being divided, they would be the ones that would represent, that would have a rep representation for us as the bride in the last age. And we realize that the same covenant that God gave Abraham also pertains to us in the part that the doves were not divided, for they represent our healing and they represent our salvation. 
And those two things cannot be taken, you know, they cannot be uh, separated. If you've, got, if you've got the covenant of healing tonight, you've also got the covenant of salvation. If you've got the covenant of salvation, then healing also applies. It, it, it's, it's synonymous. It actually works together. And it all belongs to us. Amen. And we're, we're grateful tonight. But, but when we get to looking at a dove, we realize that, that when Jesus was on earth, he was actually represented as the Lamb of God. And he was represented as the Lamb of God because he, the Lamb is the meekest, the most humblest, the most gentlest of all creation that God had made as far as earthly animals are concerned. But when the Holy Spirit would come, it would settle upon, John, uh, uh, upon Jesus. John would see it as a dove. Is that not correct? When John would see the Spirit of God coming down from heaven... Now, this is the heavenly part. He would see it as a dove. I think, I think it's so precious. We, if we just, I, I want to just look at the dove for a little bit this evening. And one in particular, and if we turn over to Leviticus chapter 14, maybe, brothers, if we'd go there, we realize that, that the dove, in its representation of healing, if we go back to looking at the word of God and the laws of God, we get, we get just a little deeper understanding of what God has for us uh, in our humanity here, in our walk with the Lord. And the scripture, Moses, God, God gave Moses, uh, he gave him the cure for everything. When Moses was here, God gave him the cure for everything. And, and you know, they begin, when they finally got out of, uh, out of bondage and they begin to, 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 to live for the Lord, there actually, there became things in their lives that they never maybe suspected would come. And one of those things was leprosy. And we realize tonight that leprosy in the scripture is only simply a type of sin. It's a representation of sin and, and leprosy absolutely had no cure in the Bible days. Just like in that time, leprosy had no cure at all. But, but if for some reason God would be gracious to the lepers, they would go to the priests and they would have to go through all this ritual and all these formalities. And, and I want to read just a little bit, just a background, what we're going to look at tonight. It's in Levit Leviticus 14. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command him to take for him, that is, to be, clean, to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedarwood and scarlet and hyssop. I find it interesting that God was requiring of them two birds. This is in the Levitical law. Now, we read the, read the covenant with, with uh, Abraham, and we realized there was also two birds in that covenant. And one of the priests, uh, and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. Just leave that up there just for a minute, brother. You know, sometimes we, we get a hold of the scriptures and we just look at it and we read it like a newspaper. And some of these things just, these little types and things, they just go right over our heads. And to be honest, Brother Harold, I wish you were preaching right now. I was looking in his office and I was, I was looking at those meetings they were having in, uh, it looked like over probably in Africa. You and Brother Donnie were there and there's some pictures on. I thought, oh man, I would love to have been there. 
I would love to have been in those meetings. I, I just really believe that God was, you know, God is so gracious and people come under such expectation and probably so much was done. But I, I was looking at the scripture here and it says, it says, and the, pre, and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel. Now, Brother Brown makes a statement. He said, these birds were clean birds. They're, and if you go look in the scripture, there's birds that, that were considered clean birds, and there's birds that were considered unclean birds. There's, there's animals that were considered clean animals and animals that were considered unclean animals. And God's requirement was that, that they would take this clean bird, which was a white dove, they take this clean bird and that it would be killed in an earthen vessel. And what a beautiful type of Christ it is. For there would have to become a clean, a, a spirit that was so clean and so pure, so holy, so righteous, and yet it would have to be wrapped in an earthen vessel and for the cure of leprosy. For your sin and for my sin, it would have to be killed. I think, oh God, when we get to realizing that, that, that he came and took my place, that he would come, it was, it was prophesying that one would come to take the sin of, of the world upon his shoulders. And the scripture says, and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. And as for the bird, uh, uh, for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and he shall dip, listen close church, and he shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over running water. I just want you just to stop and consider it. And he shall take them and he shall dip. Here's all the articles for the cleansing. And he shall take the articles of the cleansing and the living bird. And he shall dip the, word, the living bird, uh, dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed. And Brother Branham makes a statement when he's talking about this subject. And he says, listen, he says he would take the mate of the living dove, of the dead dove. He would take the mate, not just any ordinary bird, not just another bird off the shelf, not just something else they purchased, but these two doves were literally mates. They were, they were lifetime partners. They were there to spend eternity together. And he would take the one that was living and dip her into the blood of the one that had been killed, and that's the one that he would release and set free. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. What a beautiful type. Of a bride of Christ that would come. Oh my, let me just go on just a little bit. What a, what a beautiful type of the bride of Christ that would come. Not just, in, not just in the first church age. Not just in the second church age. But literally he would let her go free. And Brother Brown said, and, she would, and she, would, she would fly across the land. She, the one that had been sprinkled by the dead blood of the, uh, the blood of the dead bird, she would fly across the land crying, Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. He said with the blood of the, of the dead bird sprinkling off her as she flew, Holy, holy, holy. It was, it was the blood that she was actually sprinkling on the land. Hallelujah. Not another bird. Not a, not, not a secondary bird, but the mate. The one that was intended to be there for a lifetime. The one that was intended to bring forth life. And I think, oh God, here you are. You have come again and you shed your blood. You poured out your spirit to do what? 
descended forth across the earth and for the last 2,000 years, this little bride of Christ has been rising up across the land crying out, holy, 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 her everyday life, her everyday walk, her everyday move is holy unto the Lord. She's not embarrassed. She's not ashamed. She's not muddled down with the things of the world. She's been called. She's been redeemed. And she's flying to new heights. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, Lord, help us. Jeremiah 12, 9 says this. Mine, mine heritage is as unto me a great speckled bird. And I want, to, I want you to catch something. The birds around about her are against her. Brother, could you just get that? I know I didn't give you that, but it's Jeremiah 12, 9. Let's just put that up for a minute. Mine heritage, God's, what's God's heritage? It's his family. It's his children. What is our heritage? I've got an heritage from the Lord. It's my family. It's what I've, what I've he's given it to me. It's my claim. It's everything that, that I desire that he's given me. And God's heritage as is a great speckled bird. And what she speckled with, she speckled in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, mine heritage is unto me as a great, as a speckled bird. And the birds round about her are against her. Did we not just see this very picture when we were looking at the covenant with Abraham? When the fowls of the air came down to consume Abraham's sacrifice? You realize tonight that those same devils, those same birds, those same filthy spirits are here to consume your sacrifice? They're here to rob you of your sacrifice. They're here to rob you of the glory that God has shed abroad in your hearts. They're here to rob you of that walk that God has given where you can rise into the realms of the eternal being of God and you can walk where angels fear to trod. You can literally joy in the Holy Ghost. You can rise above your problems. You realize we're here tonight to enjoy those things, church, but there is filthy spirits, there is defiling spirits, there is foul birds that are here to rob you of the sacrifice that God made. Listen, when Jesus Christ came, he presented you back to God as holy, as perfect, as there's not a shadow, there's not a spot, there's, there's nothing held against her. She's, she's saying she walks, she talks, she's holy to the Lord. But Satan is here to rob you of your sacrifice, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And again, the Bible says Abraham chased them off, ran them off. It's time for us, church. There's a New Testament church rising up. They might buzz around. They might get all over her. She's going to fight them off. She's going she's, she's to take the Spirit of God. She's going to cut them off. She's going to put the devil where he belongs in her life. Listen, we're a heavenly bird. We weren't called to, 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 to peck away on the ground. We weren't called to live with where the worldly, beggarly elements of this world are at. We're called to rise into the heavens to claim our God-given rights and to make real the very things that God promised in this age. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans chapter 5 says this, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. That great speckled word, that great speckled bird is not Christ, church. It is the church of the living God. 
She's the one that's been sprinkled in the blood of the Lamb. He was the one that shed his blood. She's been sprinkled in the blood. Hallelujah. While we were yet sinners, while we were unworthy, while we had, while we had nothing good to offer him. It was then that he dipped us in the blood. It was then that he made you clean. It was then that he purified you. It was then that he showed grace unto you. Hallelujah. To make you a new creature in Christ. Oh God, may we rise up. May we do just exactly like that the New Testament church did in the old days. May they rise up and take our position. Listen, this is the hour, church. We've been blood washed and we are free. We don't have no debts owing. We are completely clean as far as God sees us. We are perfect. Hallelujah. That's why when we go to looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and begin to read the heroes of the faith, God never one time mentions their faults. He never one time mentions their failures. He never one time mentions their shortcomings, their inadequacies. He never even brings up their humanity. He simply says, and they overcame by what? By the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony. Praise the Lord. What a beautiful thought, Brother Branham said, I'm thinking concerning a great speckled bird. That's a song, isn't it, Brother Ray? You know that song? Do you sing it? You know it. They say that her name is recorded on the pages of God's holy word. And all other birds are flocking around her. She's despised by all of them. You wonder why you don't fit in? You aren't supposed to fit in. You wonder why you're odd? You're supposed to be odd. God only made one dove. He didn't make a chicken dove. He didn't make a, a crow dove. He made one dove. And the other dove is an exact replica. It's an exact duplication. It is the mate of the original dove. She'll have his life. She'll have his talk. She'll have his walk. She will be holy as he is holy. She will be righteous as, she, as he is righteous. She will all together be the same one that walked the shores of Galilee, walking the streets of Edmonton in, in Edmonton, Alberta. It'll be the same Christ that's showing, the, showing forth the same life. There's a reason that these other birds are here to destroy her. Hallelujah. He says, what was the speckled bird of the Bible? It was not Israel, as they said it was. It was the church of Jesus Christ. It was the church of Jesus Christ for a sin offering. What did they do? They took a turtle dove and pulled the head off of one, turned it upside down and poured the blood upon the living mate and turned the mate loose. And the mate sprinkled is with the blood of the dead mate went across the earth, sprinkled as he flew his wings, the blood splashing upon the earth he cried out, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. It was a type of Christ, and the great speckled bird is the church that's been specked by the blood of the dead mate, the Savior, Jesus Christ. And she is crossing the world today, flopping her wings, crying, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad that I know of her. I'm so glad my name is on her book. Put there, not by my goodness, no sir, I'd never be there, but by your goodness, by the goodness and mercies of God, before the foundation of the world, our names were put on his book. Hallelujah. Can we turn over to Romans chapter 8? I'm just going to try and encourage you a little bit tonight. It's a, listen, we're free. 
We're free. We're not living in bondage. I don't care how much the world is trying to put you back in bondage again. And listen, I say this and I mean this. There is a reason that they're forcing masks upon people right now. I hope you catch this. There's a reason that they're forcing masks upon people. And I'm going to take it from a spiritual site, not from the fact that I don't like it and I think it's wrong. But I'm going to take it from a spiritual, a little spiritual insight. Do you realize that, that when the Spirit of God came in this age, it literally, the, it was the unveiling of God. You could look directly back into the face of God, which is the Word of God, and see God for who He really was. No more creed, no more dogma, no more tradition, no more churchianity. You can look at the Word of God and you can see Christ for what it really was. Amen? Now look at what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to take in a carnal way and he's trying to mask her again. But there's something that he can never do. He can put a mask on your face. He cannot mask your life. For your very walk is holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Listen, when Solomon, when those women came before Solomon that day and, and the Spirit of God was put to the test in his life, whether he really had the spirit of knowledge or discernment, and he seen those what looked like men walking before him, dressed like men, and he said, those are women. He didn't fool Solomon. Why? Because those women had a certain walk that a man doesn't have. And listen, tonight you've got a certain walk that this world does not have. You speak a language that this world does not speak. And they might put a, a piece of cloth over your mouth, but they can never shut up the true voice of God to the age. Your life speaks volumes tonight, church. You can't walk down the streets of Edmonton except they see Jesus Christ over and over and over. They might be blinded by the light of your life, but listen, it still represents Jesus Christ. There's a word that's walking on, on earth. She's talking. She's fully clothed in, in the righteousness of God, and she is absolutely expressing Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful my name is written on the book. Her name is Mrs. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Doesn't that feel good tonight? Doesn't it feel good to be free? No condemnation. You say, well, Brother Dwayne, I don't feel like that tonight. I feel like in my heart I still have... I, I, feel, I still feel this heavy weight, this, this burden. I, I still feel like I've got condemnation in my heart. Well, listen, brother, lay it down. There's a, listen, when that bird was sprinkled, it was absolutely an atonement for, them, for that leper. It was absolutely an atonement for the leper. To let that bird go and express its life across the land was an atonement for the cleansing of that leper. If the blood of a dead bird would be an atonement for a leper back then, how much more the blood of Jesus Christ to a sinner that's, or may I say even this, a backslidden believer that's fallen on his face, what do you think the blood was applied for? You think God had confidence in you in the, in, that in your flesh that you could walk perfect? Do you think, do I really believe that God had confidence that, that I could walk such a life in this, in this fallen condition that I could please a holy God? No, he knew you couldn't live like that. He knew I couldn't live like that. He spent 4,000 years watching his children fall and get up and fall and get up, fall and get up. And finally he said, that's enough. That's enough. Listen, Abraham, the covenant I give you is absolutely unconditional. No strings attached. 
you are going to be my son, whether you think you are good enough, whether you feel you're good enough, it doesn't matter, Abraham, you are going to, you're mine. You're my heritage. Hallelujah. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Praise the Lord. You say, well, Brother Dwayne says, but those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I want you to listen close. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh... God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Now let me say this tonight. What you cannot do in your flesh, I'm talking about your flesh man, he can do in your flesh. Can I say that again? What you cannot do what you cannot overcome, what you cannot lay down, what you cannot seem to have victory over in your flesh, he can do in your flesh. That was the whole purpose he came, to prove that greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in? Well, I'm glad there was one. I'm going to just join my voice with the one. Because when it says us, I include myself right there. I include myself right there. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What are you doing here tonight? How, Brother Dwayne, what does it mean to walk after the Spirit? Not to walk after the flesh, but to walk after the Spirit. What does it mean? Listen, the Bible says, to those that are dead in Christ, they have been raised in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are born into a new spirit, into a new kingdom that's not carnal, it's not earthly. There's nothing natural about it. It's a supernatural kingdom. You are walking in the Spirit. The Bible says, sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. You absolutely, absolutely have no control of your own life. You say, hold on, Brother Dwayne. No, you don't. If you're dead in Christ, you have no control of your own life. You are moved by the Spirit of God. Well, Brother Dwayne, I go to work every day. I get up. I do what I want. I do when you want. Oh, no, that's what you think. That's what I think. Oh, we get all things together and we get it all planned out and we decide I'm going to work and I'm going to stop at my favorite Tim Hortons this morning and I'm going to have a cup of coffee and guess what? Everything in life changes, and you don't end up at Tim Hortons. You don't end up at your favorite place. Instead, you end up in a situation that you never wanted to be in. And then you say, Lord, how did I get here? And we have to realize there's a purpose of God that has to be fulfilled in our life. The Spirit of God that moves us. Oh, we want to make everything so, so supernatural and so, 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 so spiritual and so... God is absolutely manifesting himself right now in your life. When you get out of bed tomorrow morning and head to work, Jesus Christ just got out of bed and is heading to work tomorrow morning. That is not sacrilegious. That's what the scripture says, that I will be with you even in you. 
When I'm pumping gas, he's standing. You know, I'm telling this little story, and, and some of you black people, just forgive me for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm anything but racist. Because I believe God has a flower garden, and I, and I absolutely love to see the variety that God has in his children. All right, I'm not even German. I'm born of the Spirit of God. But I had something happen here a couple weeks back, a month or so ago. I, you know, time goes by so quickly. But, but I, I, we'd, we'd head off to church, and where we live, some of you know where we're at there. And, and I have the blessing of, of, of driving away from the city and a long ways around. I don't never have to go near the city or go by it when I go to church if I don't want to. And so I choose to do that. Even though it's longer, it's peaceful, it's comforting to me, and I don't like dealing with all the rest. But you know how it is. It's like Edmonton. I mean, there's construction. It's summer. And so they decided that they were going to fix this road. And so for, the, for a couple of weeks solid, they were working on this road. And, and you'd have to, you know how it is. You're impatient and you're, you're trying to get places and then you've got to stop. And then there's a lineup that's got 150 cars in it. And, and you kind of get like a little frustrated. And I'm thankful God lets us get to these places in our lives. This is the part that stuck out to me. You know, here's... I would drive by, and, I, and I, when we got there, the, you know how they have the flagmen or the, the guys that hold the poles, guys, girls, whatever they are. They hold the poles and slow, you know, you got to, or stop, whatever you, they want you to do. And when you go by this man, here's this, this, there's a black man, and he was manning one of the poles. And you know, he, you go by him, and you know what he'd do? He'd look you square in the face, Brother Ed, when you go, look right at you, and he'd go, and he'd look at the next car and he'd go, and the next car and he'd go, or else he'd go, big old smile. I thought, there's a man that's happy. There's not a man that's considering his station in life. You know, there's a whole lot of us that if we were found ourselves in a station like that where, well, I've just got to pump gas or I've just got to hold a sign and, oh, how belittling is that and how, shame on us. The Bible said, in whatever condition we find ourselves in, therein be content. Amen. I got to looking at that little man. That little man made my day every day I went past, that, past him. Actually, when the road work was done, I was, I was a little disappointed because I couldn't see him. I, he, he literally would. Every time he'd come, he'd just look you right square in the face, and he'd smile the biggest smile, and he'd wave the biggest wave. He was just happy. I thought, Lord, you want your children to be happy like that. Regardless of our situation, you want us to be happy. You want us to be content. You want us to be full of joy. And so that the world knows. So that the world knows. Our problem is the wind blows a little contrary or the, or the fowls of the, of the heavens come down and, and they come to try and steal your joy and, and they take away your job. And pretty soon it's, oh, poor me, poor me. And, and shame on us. Shame on, uh, the Bible says that he gives us the power of love, uh, uh, the spirit of love and power and of a sound mind. And the only sound mind there is is that of Christ. And to God there is nothing impossible. And every situation is an opportunity for him to express himself. And we look at our little hole and we look at our little problem. We say, oh, Lord. And like chickens, that's all we can do is just look at the little problem. Oh, God, I don't know how we're ever going to get out of this little hole. And we scratch and we dig the hole deeper. And instead of looking up to where our strength comes from, instead of considering that there's a God that is moving me, he's guiding me. And, Father, if this is the condition you want me in right now, let it bring you glory. 
Let it bring the church glory. Let it bring the world around me joy. May the people of this earth see that I am a son of God, that I was born the son of God, that I'm happy in the Lord. Hallelujah. Most of the time we're so consumed with our own little affairs and our own little lives and our own little pity parties, and God gets no glory. When we're supposed to, I'm, oh, I'm never going to get to my notes. When we're supposed to be flying across the land with joy in our hearts, singing praise God, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Well, Brother Dwayne, you don't know my condition. Listen, set your wings. Set your wings. Rise up on the wings of faith tonight. Verse 9 says, you're not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ... He is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive, bring to life your mortal body. Your mortal body. That means that the glory of God can be seen right now. Right now in your life. Right now. I, we had, how many knows Brother Walter Hildebrand from back home? I can share this because it's something real and it's something that just happened in our congregation and it just came to me so I'll just say it that way. And Brother Walter was called on last Wednesday night to, to open the service in a word of prayer. Brother Walter's been married 50 plus years. 78 I think he is, Brother Harold, 78 years old. Precious old brother. He gets up behind the pulpit and he stands there. I was in my office getting ready for the service. And stands there and it gets quiet. And I watched him on my screen and he says, I, I don't feel worthy to be here right now. I don't feel worthy to be standing behind this sacred desk right now. Brother Walter was a deacon for years. Godly man. And he proceeded to say this which was such an encouragement to me. He said, before church, me and my wife had a big spat. How many of us are just that transparent? I'd never say something like that. What would people think? A man married 50 plus years who's got a child that's handicapped and under a lot of pressure. He said something had gone wrong and with the system and his child and him and his wife got into this heated argument, this heated thing. He stood there and he said, I'm not worthy to be standing here right now, so first I'm going to say, honey, would you forgive me? So interested in what God would do in the people's lives in that service. That takes a man. Those black birds, those evil spirits had come down to rob him. That doesn't mean he wasn't a Christian. Listen, Christians aren't perfect. We're not a perfect people except under the blood of Jesus Christ. We're forgiven. That's what makes us perfect. Hallelujah. I went up and I stood behind, that, behind the pulpit and I said, Brother Walter, I said, God bless you. You know what that was? That confession was Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. His humility was 
holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. His confession brought Father glory. That, that's just like my son. That's just like the first wave sheaf that ran out the door and said, tell him I'm not in right now. Under such pressure, under such strain that these bodies weren't made to be put under. And then they break and we, and we say wrong and, and we do wrong and, 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 and we make mistakes and we think, oh God, how could I do that? But the inner man, the real man on the inside, he's still a son of God. His life is still holy, holy. The blood has made an atonement, church. It covers your guilt. It covers your shame. It absolutely, we stand before Father, absolutely pure. All he said is, just ask to be forgiven. If you'll ask, I, I'm just, I'm true, I will forgive you. But we say, oh, I, I've, I've done that too many times. I, I've done that too. No, 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 no. A son of God gets back up and tries one more time. Hallelujah. You know the scriptures. You know in Aaron, you know in the Old Testament, and how that the high priest once a year would go behind the veil. And, and, and when, we'd, when he'd get there, he would, he, would have to, he would have to bring the blood with him. And if you go back and read in the book of Leviticus and probably back in Exodus, you'll, you'll, you'll see some of these types and shadows. And you'll find that, that every piece of clothing that Aaron wore as the high priest was specifically designed. And it was, it was specifically made for one purpose. I want to say this. The design of it was given by God himself. The actual workmanship that went in it went in with natural hands. But the robe that Jesus Christ has given us is not only ordained of God, designed by God, but is actually made by God himself. And Aaron would have to take the blood and he would have to walk in to make atonement for the children of God. He would, he would walk in behind the veil once a year and he would take the blood that he had and he would sprinkle it on, on, the, on the altar. How many times? How many times, church? Seven times. God doesn't just put stuff in his word just to add words. He was painting a picture. He was showing you the type that for seven church ages, that the same blood would be sufficient. And that, that same blood applies to you and I tonight. It's just as good now as it was the day it was shed. It's got just as much power now as it does the day it was shed. It's just as much life now as it did 2,000 years ago. We're not talking about some, some little uh, dove that they pulled out of the store. We're talking about the eternal dove of God who gave his life for you and I. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thankful tonight for it wasn't just sprinkling of the blood upon you, but he said, I will come, I will be in, even in you to the end of the world. Your life will become my life. Your voice will become my voice. Your shoes are going to become my shoes. You are going to walk holy because I have made you holy. This is not a perhaps. This is not a maybe thing. Listen, church, we can rejoice in our victory tonight for Jesus Christ has made us whole. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, when Queen Esther, she was placed on the earth at a certain time. I want us to just get a little picture of this. Because Esther was put on the earth at a certain time for a certain purpose. As you are being put on the earth right now in this hour for a purpose. 
We realize that, that, that Esther's purpose was so much more than what she ever dreamed. I mean, Esther never one time in her child ever dreamed that she would be the queen of the land. Never. She was an orphan girl. Look at the heart she had to go through. Look at all the struggles she had to go through. Look at all, the, all the, her trials and, her, and how many nights did she lay on her, on her little bed and cry herself to sleep. Lost both of her parents and, and now what? Never once. I don't believe for a minute did she ever consider that she actually could, she might have thought of herself as a little girl, just princesses, you know, but never once did she think she would be the queen. It wasn't her choice. But we realized that, that when Ahuzerus called for Vashti, the queen, there was a great feast that had been set. And for many days, actually for seven days, the Bible says, they had been feasting, and on the seventh day, King Ahuzerus called for Vashti, his wife. She was supposed to be the queen of the land. Listen, Ahuzerus was proud of his bride. He, was, he thought she was just the most wonderful woman. He thought she was just the, 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 the greatest woman there was in the whole kingdom. And he wanted to show all the world around him his beautiful bride. And so when he called for Vashti, what did she, what did she say? No, no, I'm, I'm not coming. I'm not interested in being paraded before your, your friends. I'm not coming. Do you realize it was in the seventh day or in the seventh church age that Christ, for, for, for all the six church ages, for seven church ages, he had, been, he had been working on a bride, molding a bride, trying to get a bride ready, and in the seventh church age, you know what she did? She closed the door behind him and said, no, I don't want you. The word came in, in plain view, and she said, I don't want you. You walk too straight for me. It's too holy. It's too righteous. I don't want you. And immediately, King Ahuzeru said, call the virgins of the land. Listen, God didn't come for a polluted bride. He's come for a virgin-born bride. He's come for a bride whose womb is pure, whose spirit is pure. He's not considering the other women of the world. He's got one woman in mind. And when a king who's called for, for the virgins of the land, little did Esther know that she would be the bride of Christ. Little did she have a clue that she was going to be the bride of that kingdom. No more than you knew, for it wasn't you that went looking for God. It was God that came looking for me, and it was God that came looking for you. You were so backslidden, so far gone, so removed from the economy of God, you didn't even hardly know who God was, and you didn't want nothing to do with him. But in God's mercy and in his grace, when that last church age, that Pentecostal age turned him down, he went looking for a new bride. Hallelujah, the Spirit of God went forth and he's purposed in his heart, I will have a bride. She will be without spot. She will be without wrinkle. Hallelujah. I'm thankful tonight. You didn't know, neither did I, until the Spirit of God came across our way, until the light of the Word shone in our hearts and all of a sudden something triggered and it began to hunger and you begin to thirst for righteousness. You begin to get to a spot where your life wasn't worth living anymore. Amen. And we know there's only one that could fill that void. Amen. Praise the Lord. Here's Queen Esther. And I'm going to fast forward to save time tonight because I've got to go to Calgary when we're done. Listen. Here's Queen Esther. One day, she hears a report 
Esther, are you listening tonight? Are you listening tonight? One day she hears a report that those same foul birds, those same filthy airborne birds have come to destroy her people. And she's got a choice to make. Like you have a choice to make tonight. When you leave here, you've got a choice to make. You can live for yourself when you leave, or you can decide to do the will of God, and and Lord, whatever it is, be it unto me according to your will. Esther had a choice. Here she finally had a life that she never dreamed that she could have. It never crossed her mind that, that, that she could become the king's one and only, that she could be the cherished woman among women. But she wasn't there just for that purpose just to be the king's wife, just to minister to the king. God had placed her there in that season with a purpose, to redeem his people. And your life tonight, listen to me, Brother John, your life tonight, your walk, your talk, the example that you set in front of this world is there to redeem the seed of God. You don't know who you're going to run into this week. You don't know who you're coming across in the next month. You don't know if that's a seed of God or not a seed of God. But your life is there to redeem the seed of God. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Only problem with Esther is she had a problem. Unless she was invited into the king's chamber. Unless anybody was invited into the king's chamber, it was death to go in. And I love her tenacity. I I love the spirit of God in that woman. A hero of the faith. Because even her own confession was like, I don't know what to do about this. This is too big for me. And yet when Mordecai came to her, I think it was Mordecai, wasn't it her uncle? When Mordecai came to her, he said, there's only one person that can do this. There's only one lady. Brother Ed, there's only one elect lady on this earth that can actually help redeem the children of God. You, listen, you can't draw them. God has to draw them, but you can be there to be salty. Amen. You can be there to share the word. You can be there to shine the light. You can be there to help them and to, and to direct them. Esther said, give me three days. Give me three days. We'll spend it in prayer and fasting, and after that, I'll go in. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that here we are, in the latter part, 2,000 years has gone by and we're, we're actually going into the third day. We're actually going into the third day and it's then that she's going to go in, go before her king. Now listen, church. When Esther walked in to that room, the king was sitting on his throne. When Esther walked in before the king, listen, you have been invited into the presence of the king. She was not invited into his presence. But I want you to notice her walk. I want you to notice her walk. You're not going to get away with a halfway walk, church. You can't put one foot in the world and walk one foot for Christ and think you're going to make it. It don't work like that. But I want us to take our cue from Esther tonight for when Esther went in. Listen, when she was originally, when she was brought into the kingdom... Do you remember when she went before the king the first time? And, 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 and one of the king's men said, listen, here we've got your garments, we've got everything for you. And she said, let me go as I am. 
She never took any of the king's garments. She never braided her hair. She, she didn't do anything with the king's stuff. She just simply said, let me go as I am. That's the way he asked you to come, as you are. But this time when she walked into the king, she was wearing the garment that was provided by the king. She wasn't robed in her own righteousness. She was robed in his righteousness. She literally had, she walked in and listen church, she had her eyes on one person. Her enemies were sitting in the same room that the king was sitting in. And then there she was walking, ignoring every voice, ignoring every thought, and bringing into captivity every thought that came against her. She simply walked in. She never took her eyes off the king. It was holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Why? Her eyes were on the king alone. Oh God, may we put our eyes back on King Jesus, on the word of God for this age. May we keep our eyes steadfast on him. Listen, don't, don't get your eyes on other things right now. Satan is doing all he can. The birds of the air, the, the fowls of hell have come down and, and they're doing everything to distract you. Don't take your eyes off the word. Don't stumble. Don't stagger. Robe yourself in his righteousness and walk with your shoulders back confident that you have found favor in his sight. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't you go to looking at yourself. Don't you, don't you get listening to your imagination. Don't you pay any attention to your past. Simply wash yourself in the blood of the lamb. Get up and walk holy before God. May our lives be so, so pleasing and, and so, so full of love and so full of joy towards him that the world around us can recognize that Jesus Christ lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We've been blood washed and we're free tonight. Brother Brown says this, he will have a bride church ready in the last days. How is he going to do it, Brother Brown? He said, I don't know. But he said he would. He'll prove it. A called out from all the others. That's right, the speckled bird that's speckled by his blood. See, called out. All the rest of the flock is against her. You wonder why it's hard tonight? You wonder why you struggle tonight? You wonder why the warfare seems so great? We're not fighting flesh and blood. Listen, these are fowls of the air. Fowls of there, does the scripture say that we are fighting principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places? When Brother Brown begins to speak on these things, he goes back and he begins to talk about bringing every thought and every, everything into captivity, in, in, into, into line with the word. Okay? Then where's the battle going to be fought? Right here. Right here. Not on your flesh, because we're not walking in the flesh. We say, well, Brother Dwayne, I get sick. Yeah, you get sick, I get sick. But that's not really where the battle is being fought. Unbelief is being fought in the spirit realm. He came to destroy sin in the flesh realm. Unbelief is being fought in the spirit realm right now. He said, I don't care how much the author may disagree. He's mistaken. Remember... How, what was it? That speckled bird was they taken to him. I think I read this already. I better, I must have messed my notes up a little bit. And that was our mate, Jesus Christ, was killed. His blood's upon us crying, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. 
All the rest of the birds, I'm glad. He said, my name is on her book. Not here on earth, but up there. Not on a goat skin, but on the lamb skin. That's right. Can I jump down a little bit? He says, he said he'd prove it. His word is true. There'll be a millennium. He said, he'll prove it. It's his word. There'll be a new heavens and a new earth. He'll prove it because it's his word. And he said so, and only the righteous will be there. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. If the musicians would come. You all know that song? Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. I'm probably getting the melody just a little. Elders and angels sing. They're redeemed. Worship him now. Singing, holy, holy, holy are you. That's it, brother. Oh, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. The elders and angels bow. The redeemed, they worship you now, singing, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Want to give me a better key? Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. The elders and angels by a redeemed worship you now, singing holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Oh, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Yes. think it was him he shed his blood so that I could be holy he shed his righteousness for my unrighteousness he made me what I could not be I'm still thankful he's still working on me I believe this that we are sons of God and we're looking for a, for a kingdom whose builder and maker is God listen I'm looking for a city you say oh brother Dwayne hold on there's a spiritual and there is a natural we have caught that city. 
We have recognized that we are part of that great city. The Spirit of God has told us in this age that when we get there, the angels of God will back up and they will, and they will listen to us sing a song that they cannot sing. For they never did fall. They never, did, they never were born in sin. They never were shaped in iniquity. They never did make a mistake. They can stand and worship holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. But, but when you do it, it's a different story altogether. Listen, God created them for that purpose. But when you do it as a redeemed son of God, when I do it as a, as a born again son of God, one that has found my position in Christ, how much greater does it bring him joy? How much more glory does it bring him when he can see those that were dead in sin and they rise up in newness of life? Those who were bowed down and burdened down in sin and, and then their whole life had become a mess and in a moment the Spirit of God got a hold of them and they begin to rise up in the power of Jesus Christ. How much more does that bring him glory? We talk about, oh, the miracles of the church has gone by. There's no greater miracle. Let me say this again. There is no greater miracle than to see a man or woman that's been born of the Spirit of God. You can see blind eyes open. You can hear the deaf. The deaf could hear. The, 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 the mute can speak again. Listen, there's no greater miracle than to see a life that has been changed so completely that the Spirit of God raises it up and it can walk and talk and it becomes a testimony, a living epistle. Amen. Written and read of all men. Singing glory, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Brother, if you would just bring up Zephaniah chapter 3, I want to read one last scripture before I ask Brother Ed to come. It says this, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. You know, Brother Brown said, when you hear Zion spoke of in the scriptures, it's the bride. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Who's he talking to? Me. Me. Shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. Why do you put up with him, church? Why do we put up with him? Why do we listen to him? Why do you give him even a moment of your time? He doesn't deserve any of it. There's nothing saying that he couldn't stand here and talk to you and point all sorts of things in your mind. But listen, the Bible says it's not as a man thinketh in his mind. For Satan has access to that. But as a man thinketh in his heart, which is the throne of God, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The one that comes to speak to your mind, the one that comes to trouble you, cast him down. Take your position. Let him know you're an eagle. You're not a chicken. Rise up. Get a hold of those great big wings of faith that God has given you and just start to push down. Let it go. Start to push down. You'll rise up above all your trouble tonight. The Lord has taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The King of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Listen, did you just hear that? The King of Israel, even the Lord, is where? Not in the midst of this little building right here, church. He's in the midst of thee. In the midst in the middle of man where he's on the control tower leading you and guiding you, directing you by the Spirit of God. Be glad, O Israel. Shout, rejoice, O daughter of Zion. 
It says, Thou shalt not see evil anymore. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, and to Zion, let not thine hand be slack. To who? To you and to me. This is not a time to just loaf around, to float down the COVID river with the rest of life. This is a time to rise up. Don't let your hand be slack. Get the paddle of God's word in your hand and start paddling to victory. Listen, the shore of glory lays just in sight. Don't matter how great the waves are. Don't matter how much the storm is blowing. Put the paddle of God in the water and start pushing. Listen, we weren't meant to flow downstream. We were meant to paddle upstream. We got, a, we got a river that's flowing from the throne of glory, and we can make it. Hallelujah. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Hallelujah. He will save, and he will rejoice over thee with joy. You know, when Queen Esther walked into that room that day, she might have been fearful three days before. But it's amazing what a good prayer meeting will do, Brother Danny. It's amazing how much, if we just get into the presence of God and stay there, how much that spirit of fear has to leave. Has to leave. It was so much so that she said, if I die, I die. She was so committed to the cause. What about you? Are you committed to the cause of Christ tonight? Can you bear the reproach of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this age? Because that's what it is to this world. Can you bear a church? She just wrapped herself in his robes and she just steadfastly watched him. She never took her eyes off the king. She walked straight into his presence. You know why? Because she knew she was loved. She knew she was the king's wife. She knew she held a special place in his heart. Listen, if our own wives could feel like that towards us, how much Christ towards his bride. How special are we to him tonight? The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Isn't he wonderful? Praise the Lord. Isn't he good to us? Can we bow our heads tonight? Every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would, tonight. Not sure why, I just felt all of a sudden to do this, so I will. Maybe you're here tonight and you've let that old crow of the enemy get on your back. And he's been constantly knocking at you. Constantly driving you down slowly. He's been wearying you. We can call it what we want. It might be COVID. It might be a little habit you got. It might be a problem that you fought with for a lot of years. Maybe you're here tonight. I want to encourage you. This same Jesus that we love and that we worship loves you more. His heart is so steadfastly set on you. His eye, you are so beholden to him. You're the apple of his eye. He cares about you tonight. That's why he made an atonement away. You don't got to put up with this. You don't got to put up with the pecking of the devil. You don't got to put up with what he tells you. You don't got to put up with what he calls you or, or the depths that he tries to drag you down to. God has given you the ability as the eagles to rise up in faith. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Brother Dwayne, 
I know I'm an eagle, but I've been grounded. Something's happened in my life and I just haven't been able, it seems like the Spirit of God is just, seems so far from me or something. I've been grounded. I can't seem to find my joy. I can't seem to find my, the, 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 the peace that God has given to us in this age. If you're here tonight and you're feeling that way, maybe just take one of those big eagle wings and slip it up. Say, Father, to me tonight, Lord. Lord, I need my joy back. Lord, I, I, I need a greater revelation. Lord, I, I, need, the, I need the zeal of God back in my life. I, Lord, I, I, I want to live for you with all my heart. Not, not with just part of it. I, I want to give you everything I am. I, I don't want to walk with one foot in the world and one foot in church, but I want to give everything I am to the kingdom of God. I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. I don't want to be a, a, afraid of what the enemy might do. Listen, those are all lying vanities. Don't worry about those things. Our God is more than able tonight. God bless you as you've got your big wings of faith in the air tonight. Let us keep our heads bowed and pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray you'd send the Spirit of God across this little congregation, Lord. Lord, you see your children, Lord, some discouraged, and, and Lord, some fighting great, great battles, oh God. But may they realize that the storms that are upon them right now is just an opportunity to rise into the presence of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd give such faith tonight to them that they could spread forth their wings and that they could catch the draft of the Holy Spirit as it were, that it would lift them into a, into a plane that is so high and so far away from their enemy. Lord God, that they could, they could scream with joy again, that they could shout with victory again, Father. Lord, that their lives could be such a manifestation to their families and their friends, dear Jesus. Lord, we love you tonight, and we know we're not, without, we're not without a battle. We know we're not without a storm coming, oh God, but you have promised greater heights, Lord, greater glory, greater, greater victories, Lord, and tonight we want to thank you that it's been your love that's been shed abroad in our hearts, Lord, that has changed us into new creatures. Oh God, I pray that your word would continue to strengthen us. Lord, may the faith of God take a hold in our lives. And Father, may we fly yonder into, into the grace, into the glory of God. Lord, may we look down at these things of this earth. May they have zero attraction to us. But Lord, we want to look like Esther did with her eyes steadfastly set on the king who's sitting on his throne. Oh God, we want you to feel so at home here in, in the midst of us, Lord. I'm not talking in the midst of this building, but Father, I want you to be so at home in the midst of this life, in the midst of this temple of clay that's wrapped up, oh God, that's called Dwayne Fair in this life. And yet when I look upon the word of God, he's called Mrs. Jesus Christ. God, I want you to be so pleased and I want you to feel so welcome. And Lord, I, I just want to express the Christ to the world, Father. Take this little congregation, Lord, as we journey. Lord, as the flight seems to, seems to get greater and the storms of life seem to blow harder, take this little congregation and raise them higher and higher, Lord, till one of these great mornings, Papa Eagle will scream from the heavens, oh God, there'll be such a rushing mighty wind as he comes down. We'll, we'll be caught up in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Lord, and then these vile bodies, these natures, Lord, that have been so contrary, they'll be completely changed into a nature like your own glorious body is. Father, may thy kingdom come, and may thy will be done, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord.
This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. With all I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart. Oh